Hello and welcome to the Feck It Fun, Fabulous and Free Eating Disorder Recovery Podcast. I'm Helly and I'm here to provide regular bursts of information and inspiration, some neuroscience applicable to eating disorder recovery, perhaps a few rants, but otherwise lots of positivity with a bit of a Feck It attitude, some fun and a sprinkling of fabulousness to help everyone find freedom in recovery. Hello, hello one and all and welcome back to this episode of the Feck It Fun, Fabulous and Free Eating Disorder Recovery Podcast. Yes, I'm Helly and I'm here talking about eating disorders and how to bash them out of your life so that you get the life you deserve, a life of freedom, a life of being fabulous and fantastic and a life with so much more fun than an eating disorder will ever give you. So, This episode is aimed at those of you who might be in what's considered mid or later life. Yes, it comes to even the best of us, doesn't it? But overcoming an eating disorder when you are in your middle or later life years is what this episode is about. So overcoming an eating disorder is hard, to put it very lightly. It's hard, no matter what age you are. It involves intense focus, going against all that feels right, painful feelings, emotional roller coasters, and being able to tolerate a process that's likely to be one of the hardest things you will face in your lifetime. But your age and your life circumstances will affect the particular challenges and obstacles that you face as you do navigate the process to overcome the eating disorder. So a young person going through the process, who might be living at home with their parents and their siblings and who's still at school or college, is going to have very different obstacles and challenges than someone in their middle or later years with adult responsibilities trying to bash an eating disorder. Now, most of you who listen to my podcasts and who read my blog posts and read my books are in what might be considered the middle or later life category. And that's probably because I myself only developed an eating disorder at the age of 27 and it affected me into my 40s. And so when I'm writing my content, the audience I'm speaking to is generally that older individual. Although, of course, large parts of my messages apply equally to any teenagers or younger adults out there as well. And I know there are those of you in your younger years out there listening as well, so Please don't feel excluded by this. You are not. You are very welcome. But this is just to say that if you are an adult with an eating disorder, or you're supporting an adult with an eating disorder, then all the information I've ever written, and not just this podcast episode, is aimed at people of your age and in similar circumstances to you. But one of my very lovely readers and listeners and hello to you if it was you, contacted me lately to ask me to speak about the topic of how to go through all the overcoming and eating disorder demands when in mid or later life, and when there are responsibilities to consider, such as being a partner, being a parent, having a job, managing a household, finances, and so many other adult pressures to face every single day. And I realised that although I've touched on all these aspects throughout my content up to now and in more detail in my books, I haven't provided more specific depth 
to these very real adult pressures that so many of you face and have to find ways to navigate as you're also so desperately attempting to bash an eating disorder and powerful addiction to energy deficit out of your life. I often say, and you've probably heard me say it before, more than once perhaps, that overcoming an eating disorder and all that doing so entails is so much more than a full-time job, and that it demands more mental focus, hard work and determination than any academic or career accolades you might have achieved or planned to work towards. To keep pushing away the eating disorder urges and deeply ingrained habits and rituals around restriction or compensatory behaviours, day in and day out, is mentally exhausting and it can feel never-ending when you're going through it. And small distractions can quickly and automatically put the eating disorder back in the driving seat. And so for that reason, it's really important that even with so many other responsibilities, that as much space is created in your life as possible to ensure you can find the focus to let the eating disorder go. But of course, trying to make space to overcome an eating disorder and all that doing so entails will impact on your partner, if you have one, family, household dynamics, any pet duties you might have, your ability to work, and to keep doing all the things you usually do, at least in the short term. And there are going to be necessary life changes to consider in relation to just how you can make the recovery process happen on a practical level. So in the coming weeks, I will be writing more blog posts and putting out more podcast episodes about the different specific aspects of the challenges faced when you're overcoming an eating disorder in your middle or later life. And issues that I'm going to talk about in future will include considerations such as spouses and partners, children and wider family, pets, careers, living alone and being single, dealing with societal pressures and cultural expectations, finances, and more age-specific limiting thoughts and beliefs that you might have. But for this episode, I want to highlight the most critical aspect of overcoming an eating disorder in your mid or later years, and that is having the belief in yourself and for yourself that you can beat this eating disorder and that you are not the eating disorder. If you only take one thing from this episode, please know without a doubt that for you, yes, even for you, despite what your head tells you or even what you might have been told by others, it is not too late to overcome this eating disorder, and doing so can still be very, very worth your while. I would be so incredibly rich by now if I had a penny for the number of times people have said to me, oh, but I'm in my 30s or 40s or 50s or 60s, and I've been sick for 10, 20, 30 years, and I was only a child when the eating disorder developed, and so I know I can't have more than this now, and I just have to accept that. 
I've done my body too much damage and the eating disorder is just too entrenched. Well, if I believed that situation to be true of anyone, then I wouldn't be doing the work I do. I wouldn't be talking to you now about this. I believe that no matter how old you are, how long you have had an eating disorder, how entrenched the thoughts, behaviours and beliefs surrounding it are, how malnourished you are now or you have been in the past, how much ongoing damage there might be to your body after the years of malnutrition. And trust me, for many people, even after decades of malnutrition, the body does repair and heal in miraculous ways. Despite any of these things, I believe that you can still overcome the eating disorder if you're willing to go through the tough process to let the eating disorder go. Whoever you are, whatever your situation, your age, your wider health issues, please know that you can beat this. If I could instill that belief into each one of you so that you feel more motivated and empowered to go forward, tolerate the really horrible side effects that will come from the process of letting the eating disorder go and continue to do what it takes despite them because you will know it will be worthwhile, then I would instill that belief in all of you. But as I can't, I will just have to use my best powers of persuasion to try to boost your self-belief and let any sense of hopelessness or helplessness you might have go. Eating disorders create thoughts to convince you that the life you have now is the best you can hope for because going against the addictive patterns of the eating disorder is painful and it creates very real and hard to tolerate anxiety, agitation and depression. It can just feel easier to allow yourself to believe that the pain of living in the eating disorder's grips is actually okay. But if it was really okay living with the eating disorder, then you wouldn't be listening to this. You wouldn't be seeking hope for more. And if you didn't have even the tiniest glimmer of hope for yourself, then you also wouldn't be seeking out information or support about what it takes to overcome an eating disorder. So you do have a glimmer of self-belief and hope that your life can be more than this. And it's time to nurture that glimmer and turn it into, I refuse to believe I will never get beyond this eating disorder. I refuse to be written off as a lost cause. I refuse to accept it's too late for me. And I will find out what not having an eating disorder can feel like. And that's the life I'm choosing to move towards. In a previous episode and in my book, Aiming for Overshoot, I've written about the importance of having a real and powerful why to help you understand what you are putting yourself through the pain and discomfort of the process to overcoming an eating disorder for. You need a why. You need an image of your future, a future you want that is free of an eating disorder, because that can help to keep you going when it's tough and to build your self-belief so that you can stay on track when the days are long and hard to tolerate. So build that vision of what you want from your future, how you want to feel, who you want in your life, what you want to be able to do and hold on to it 
returning to it time and again and striving towards it to make it real. Believe it can be real and you will be more likely to successfully make it so. Now, when I was contemplating at the tender age of 40 years old, attempting a much more serious recovery attempt than I'd put myself through before, I also had the thoughts that you might be familiar with of, yeah, but is it really worth it now? I'm in my 40s, I'm practically midlife, and I've already missed out on so many life opportunities because of the eating disorder. Is it really going to be worth it? But when I had these thoughts, I then had to give myself a harsh talking to. I became very good at giving myself a harsh talking to from time to time. I was seriously depressed, highly anxious and agitated if anything interrupted even the slightest bit in my rigid daily structure of restriction and compulsive movement. I was isolated and had little to my life other than an eating disorder that was very good at persuading me that I was just fine as I was, until I realised again that actually I was miserable. And in those more rational moments of realisation, the thought of living any more years as I was was something that I just couldn't tolerate. So as I turned 40, I realised that I was only 40. I could still have another 40 or 50 years of life left, more years even than I've already lived. And to say that I couldn't have those years free of an eating disorder was a situation that I was not willing to accept. Or even if my fate was to only live to 50 or even just to 45, because none of us know what's round the corner for us, that was still a few years of potential eating disorder-free living that I could have. And I know there will now be some of you answering me back, saying, ah, yes, but I'm 70, I'm not just 40. It was okay for you, Helly. You were still young. Well, to this I say, okay, you might have less potential life years left, but those years that you do have left, could still be more full, fun, fabulous and free than the years the eating disorder gave you. You can still have more joy and laughter in whatever time there is left and it might take some incredibly painful and challenging days to move towards that life but I really believe it will be worth it. I wouldn't try to raise false hope in anyone or encourage anyone through a painful process to recovery if I didn't believe that it would be more than worth your while and that when you get through to the other side that you won't be so grateful that you gave yourself this chance. Build your self-belief in your capacity to have a better future. Nurture that self-belief and let it grow. If you really can't visualise anything more to your life at all than the eating disorder and you're struggling to even begin to start to imagine more for yourself, then work with a coach or another professional to help you build that vision. Have people around you who will believe in you and encourage you to keep going while you're still learning to believe in yourself. Believing you can beat this at whatever age you are, and no matter how entrenched the eating disorder might be, 
is a key step in being able to make the necessary changes so that you can then do it. And the next thing to then touch on is the identity crisis that can happen when you're overcoming an eating disorder. Many adults with eating disorders have years worth of deeply ingrained self-identity built around the eating disorder. Perhaps you're the one who is fit or appears to be very self-controlled and healthy and people around you even perceive you to be an inspiration in these ways. Or maybe others know you to have an eating disorder and you've been in and out of treatment for years each time having your sense of self-empowerment and autonomy sucked from you, and you very much now identify as the anorexic or the bulimic and have taken on a mindset of being a patient waiting to be treated. Some of you will have built your relationships and careers and pursuits out of the eating disorder's addictive habits and drive to keep you an energy deficit. Perhaps you met your partner in your friendship group through a sports or a health club and the eating disorder is all they've known of you. Maybe you work in fitness or in nutrition or a similar field and in a career choice largely made when you were under the spell of the eating disorder, choosing work that would allow you to pursue the compulsions throughout your day. Eating disorders can consume so much of your identity and how you've built your adult life. To let the eating disorder go is to need to let a lot of the identity that goes with the eating disorder go too, and to allow a period of time in which you need to establish who you are. And by that I mean who the real you is, beyond the addiction, beyond the drive to suppress your body and suppress your life with an eating disorder. The real and authentic you is in there, desperate to live and to thrive in ways that mean living to your authentic values and not those of an eating disorder or diet culture. But letting the eating disorder identity go and taking the time to learn who you are without it and what really matters to you in life can leave you in a time of feeling like you're in a kind of identity no man's land. And that's a frightening place to be, as so much of what you've built your life around gets shaken up with nothing to immediately replace it with. But it can also be an exciting time. This can be a time of true self-discovery and an opportunity if you just stay curious and trust that what comes next will be a life that is truly yours to own. And whatever that is, it's one you will be so proud of, and one in which you finally feel like you when you're in it. And in both my books, Addicted to Energy Deficit and Aiming for Overshoot, I've written a lot more about self-identity with an eating disorder and the identity crisis that can come up when you're overcoming an eating disorder, alongside learning to be authentic and vulnerable. So I'm going to try and do a podcast episode about that topic alone in the future. But in the meantime, if you want to know more about that now, then it's all in the books. At the end of the day, being older, with the life challenges that come with having to be an adult while overcoming an eating disorder, adds many extra layers of complication. 
getting your life set up to give yourself as much time and space as you can to help the process go as smoothly as possible is often an in an ideal world situation that many people just don't have. So whether you want them or not, the real world with life demands and responsibilities are there and you can't get rid of them all to focus just on eating disorder bashing. But that definitely doesn't mean that you can't bash the eating disorder and eradicate it, giving it its marching orders out of your life. Believe in your ability to beat the eating disorder and you're more likely to do the necessary to make it happen. Don't fall into the trap of telling yourself that it's too late for you and that you can't have freedom from the eating disorder now. And definitely never let anyone else tell you that, no matter how qualified they might seem on paper. You can beat this and it's not too late. And allow the necessary identity crisis that will come as you shake off the eating disorder identity and discover who you are without it. So that's all for today's episode about overcoming an eating disorder in your middle or later life years. As I say, I'm going to put out more episodes on this topic, and this was just part one. So in the next episode, I'm going to talk more about how to manage overcoming an eating disorder and the specific challenges that can come from that when you have a spouse or a partner to consider as well. But I hope today's episode has given you something to think about and I hope that you are doing okay and that you can foster that self-belief in yourself that you will beat this because you will if you keep going forwards. Hold on to that hope and seek the support that you need and you deserve to get through this. Keep eating, keep resting, keep abstaining from all those other eating disorder behaviours and compulsions as difficult as it is, and I know it is difficult. But keep going. Allow yourself to feel what you need to feel and keep going anyway. You'll find out more about me on hellybarns.com and I'll speak to you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Feck It Fun Fabulous and Free Eating Disorder Recovery Podcast. Don't forget, eating disorder recovery doesn't have to be boring and doesn't have to be serious. Now go and grab yourself some food and have a fabulous rest of the day.